Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, there there has been for a, a long time uh, a sort of general uh, ban on showing characters in most TV shows smoking, uh, and there also is explicitly, I believe, a legal ban on uh, people actually drinking in alcohol commercials on i think the major or is it is it it, all? it, it may just be on broadcast networks but i think okay. uh, but i i think it's just sort of generally in in tv commercials that's why they always cheers and then just show beer being poured into a cup right however what i am deeply glad uh that there is not a ban on is showing college football quarterbacks smoking cigars on the field after winning the national championship and then letting those same college quarterbacks go on good morning america still shit hammered the next day <laughs> go dogs uh, yeah yeah I, I i think kirby smart said it best uh we'll, we'll keep it pg here but you know he did he said did say how about them dogs um yeah I, I mean, someone someone named after a hat won a national championship game last night. I mean, that is no. Let me say the fourth person named after a hat won a national championship game last night. Um, Not the fourth yeah, person the, in the a coach. row. Yeah, well, and the first coach to be named after a Nintendo character. <laughs> <laughs> so if if we can pause just for a moment for because so to give some background. We were figuring out what to talk about today, and and last night Georgia beat Alabama in a phenomenal national championship game. Um, and to speak of uh, Kirby Smart, who has to be the highest paid person, uh, state employee in in Georgia, which is the state in which I live, which is concerning. But I feel better about that now, having seen what his vertical is. And it is surprisingly high. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he could dunk, but like there are some cars that he did, could get up under the hood of. Did you never play Super Smash as Kirby? Yeah, he can go pretty, uh, pretty that's, high. That's, He's got that's actually a really good point that I did oh not consider God. there. Um, but uh, what is, you know, in some ways for, for this group here, I think is the most notable is that, Sean, you were, you were not... You were the only one of the four of us who did not complete watching the game as it occurred. That is true. I I sent at one point. It must have been. Uh. There must have been a turnover. It must have been the. Oh, one. it was the. What I feel the like fumble? there needs to be a it was name a fumble. for That's the right. Bennett fumble. That yes, was... exactly. It was the fumble. That they had to review uh, because it appeared to maybe have been a, a pass, 
and they were going to review it. And if it was ruled an incomplete pass, they were going to throw a flag for intentional grounding. It was a whole thing. And as they were reviewing it, I sent a text that said, can't win with QB named after an insurance company. And mm-hmm. then I fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, in some ways for, for the rest of us, uh, Kirk Herbstreet got to see the whole hero's journey in the form of Stetson Bennett, the fourth occur. I feel like that's really important to add is that, you know, he's the fourth. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, he, he did a, a, a doofus play. Uh, which is, you know, no fault of his own in some capacity because Alabama's defense is quite good. Um, and uh, he came back from that and they ended up winning by a couple scores after after being down. But they scored 21 points in like five minutes of game time. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, is at halftime, it was nine to six. And that sounds like Alabama LSU from what was it? Ten years ago now, I think like 2011. Correct. Um, and I was trying to figure out how I felt watching that first half of the game, but it was in some ways like a a perfect game of football because they both offenses were able to function to a certain extent, and then the defenses just said, "No, this you are you can have three points or you can have nothing," and and I just I really felt like. I ended up staying way past my bedtime to to watch this game, and it was very satisfying. And that is not something that, especially with college football, we say anymore. And I think there was a lot of criticism of like, oh, it's Alabama playing Georgia again. We just saw this, like two SEC teams. But what else could you have asked for in, in this, this kind of matchup? I mean... Oh- so to be fair, the easy thing that you could ask for is for this matchup to take place with Alabama having its top two wide receivers healthy instead of both having vaporized ACLs. Uh, because I would actually counter argue that for the three and a half quarters of the game that I saw, Alabama's offense really was not right. Um, and, you know, they actually had had a surprising amount of struggle running the ball this year anyway. And they just, they were clearly missing a dimension uh, from the get go because they didn't have John Mechie. And then it just, it got worse when Jameson Williams tore his ACL. Um, But the, the thing that really jumped off the page to me because Georgia's offense really was not humming at a high level for most of this game either, uh, was that despite that, their defensive line just absolutely manhandled Alabama. It was like, not to, I don't, there's, it's not a plot spoiler for Succession season three, but at one point, Brian Cox's character uses the term, he says, we'll beast them will go full fucking beast and that is exactly what jordan davis and them boys did to alabama the entire yeah. game i remember when uh toward the end of the game uh, uh, uh wyatt was his last name mm-hmm. and 
they were talking about how he lost 40 pounds in the offseason. My reaction was, that dude lost 40 pounds. <laughs> he is. I mean, uh, he's going to get drafted very high, but he probably weighs 350 pounds right now. I mean, he is a large fellow. And they're talking about how he he runs a 4.8. I mean, can you imagine someone that large running that quickly at at you? As as someone who, you know, Alabama's offensive line, I, I guess, has had a lot of issues this year. But like, perennially has very large people who are very good at their job they play for alabama i mean this storied um and not even storied like this uh you know they've won so many games year after year after year right now and and they are terrified of this 350 pound guy who is running a 4-8 to say nothing of the person who's standing next to him in jordan davis who is even taller and even larger and even more frightening yeah, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you be a little terrified? Um, but yeah, this is like the, I don't know, this was the fourth Alabama game I've seen this season where they really struggled to run the ball. Uh, they had like single, they actually had like single digit rushing yards at one point really deep into the game against LSU. I'm not, I don't think they finished with single digit rushing yards, but I think they finished with something absurd like 20. Uh, they, I mean, they, frankly, they struggled to run against Georgia in the SEC championship game. They struggled to run against Auburn. Like this was, this was in so many ways, this was like not a typical Alabama team. And yeah, uh, that has been the best quarterback interesting. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a really good point. The other thing I would say is, and um, I feel like for a while there, it was it was a joke, a meme, if you will, the idea of like the SEC defense when we talk of the SEC defense and then there would be a 50, 52, 45 type game or something. But, uh, you know, with with that game last night and and I've 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 forgotten his his name, but 31 on um, Alabama, uh, who's kind of like an oh, outside linebacker. Oh, Will Anderson. Uh, yeah, yeah, Will yeah. Anderson. But but both of these teams have just these these defenses that have these phenomenal athletes, and I think that word is is really important here because you know Jordan Davis only you know plays two out of every four plays or, or something like that, and he still has this this lasting impact. But I almost wonder if the thing that the SEC has is figured out is the. Um, optimization in, in this current landscape is not those spread offenses and stuff like that. It's like, how do we match that? We have these athletes on defense that are, you know, across the board impressive and can play multiple positions and are, you know, from this outside linebacker position are, are getting 17 sacks in a season. And that was, you know, I don't watch a lot of college football, but that was pretty f- cool to watch. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, and and having those adaptable athletes that that allow you to to do you know sort of multiple different things on defense is really great because it helps keep you from finding yourself in a situation where you have to call the world's dumbest timeout with thirty eight seconds left in a game where uh, a tie actually puts you in the playoffs and instead you miss the playoffs because you were a dumbass and called the timeout and reminded your opponent that they actually could win the game. Um, it is a literal miracle that the Chargers did not fire their coach, rehire him, and fire him again before they gave a press conference after the game. Okay. 
Whew. Do you now feel better I've, yeah. now that yeah. I've gotten that out the of only, the way? Get that out. The only reason I was able to stay up for this game was because I had trained my body with the, the NFL game. And then at UVA Hoops, it's a 9 o'clock game this Wednesday, so I just got to keep it going for a couple of days. So. No, this is the perfect time to give yourself a break. I actually do think that I, – I do actually think that the, the NFL game from Sunday – uh is the reason that i uh that i like you know crashed out and and didn't make it all the way to the end of this game uh because i didn't start watching that game until like the end of the fourth quarter and into overtime so i like tried to jump in you know it's like it's trying to do the nathan's hot dog contest without training for two months beforehand yeah, yeah, but you know, Max, I, I think it's important here because you have the it's not really hindsight. It, it's really foresight, if anything. But you were able to watch these games on a normal like timeline of, of <laughs> things. And so like as it gets later into the evening, I, I'm like, well, I'm still awake. So this game has to be good. Otherwise, I'm not justifying my staying awake. Like as someone who is more objective in this, like what was it as entertaining as we are selling it as and as revelatory or or re- overstating this yeah that's a, that's a great question so there's it's, that's kind of twofold there's one thing which is that late night games like games that typically start at eight now start at five for me which is awesome because i don't want to watch any sporting event that goes past like eleven thirty p.m i don't think anyone really does that's great but the alternative to that is that um Bridget wants only wants to cons- is a compromise of what's on the television whereas if if it's a late night thing typically I will stay up alone and watch something whereas if we're watching something at 6 or 7 p.m. that's going to be more of a compromise to to answer your question though last night's game I, I don't really watch any college football um but I was like oh it's the it's the national champ it's the championship I should I should put it on and I did keep it on for the entire game um mm-hmm. you know I was like this is this is actually really good um entertainment so yeah it was a, it was a really good game and i and it was nice that it end yeah things end here at what nine nine fifteen nine thirty um yeah, yeah. But. For, I, so i think i sort of think that relative to the the true peak and pinnacle of college football championship games this one missed the mark a little bit. It, it's, I I will give it credit. It's the first one that's been competitive in a while. Yeah. Uh, mm. But that was in large part because both teams were a little bit sloppy, particularly in the first half. Um, I mean... Uh, you know, this certainly was the the second most exciting of the two recent Alabama Georgia title games, um, uh, like by a decent stretch. That one went to overtime. Yeah. I actually remember the first one thinking it was a exciting game, but I didn't have the Sunday night training beforehand. I was just so tired the whole game. But <laughs> yeah, I I had forgotten that the last game went to overtime and was decided on like a, a long pass from from Tua. Um, I, I'm I'm thinking of other games in recent past. Uh, there was the 
game with Clemson that was decided on on the final play, which yeah. I remember. I remember like I think I was asleep for that, or like just watched that final play, something like that. And then and then you kind of go back and like you know, do we compare this to things like? And maybe we don't because it wasn't last play type stuff. But um, the the Michael Dyer like against Oregon with with Auburn versus Oregon where he like looked like he was on the ground he and he rolled, yeah. he rolled he rolled over um, and then you know you can go back as far as like the Maurice Claret uh, Ohio State uh, some twenty years ago at this point. I'm glad you said that because the two the two that really jump off the page that like of my sort of like alive and aware and paying attention to college football life are that Ohio state Miami game and the Vince young Texas team. Oh yeah. That's which was, that was incredible. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. And, and I think this is an important point here is those are all kind of the gold standard because we remember these offensive players and Bryce young is, what 19 years old uh, i mean he he honestly may still be 18 years old but he is a 19 year old uh individual who is is going to be playing college football for another year or two i mean i guess two years probably um but i feel like the unique aspect of this game versus those is i'll remember the name of of like jordan davis for instance like i'll remember these defensive players names and i think that that is a different narrative and the fact that like we're all responding positively to that is that remains the oddest thing to me because that is not what we're used to like willis mcgahee unfortunately blowing out his knee in those games i remember maurice claret i remember you know uh, uh dorsey i remember that there was a a heisman trophy winner named named dorsey playing for for miami at, for those games Ken right Dorsey won a heisman yeah, I, I believe he did i believe he did i'll look it up while you're talking okay um well what i what i think you're recognizing is maybe not so much i don't know if it's so much offense versus defense as it is quarterback not quarterback because the last five uh the, the last five national championships have been won by mac jones joe burrow trevor lawrence tua and sean watson like i you know the the trend recently the whole reason i sent the you can't win with an insurance company at quarterback text is like the the recent history of this sport has been you have to have an elite level quarterback to win in this game and the like the Vince Young thing well you know the Vince Young thing is different cuz he was a quarterback but the you know that Ohio State team was about Maurice Claret but those two games were also like this one about a sort of uh, plucky underdog knocking off what seemed like an inevitable dynastic type champion. Yeah. And Can, it's just the best. It's cool yeah, when it that was, happens. It was, it was refreshing. And the other with college football, I, I really like to get excited about it. I love the, the fanfare and, all the college stuff, but then 
50% of the time, especially since they've gone to the four-team playoff, I think it's literally like 50% of the time the game is just an absolute shellacking. Yeah. And so when you get a close game, that's always nice. But then, yeah, I think it, this one was also refreshing in that it was um, it, it was close, but like, you know, the, the teams had obvious flaws and uh, yeah, great defensive play, quarterbacks that didn't, you know, they weren't, like Stetson Bennett wasn't, um, you know, a uh, like a prodigy or anything, but the offense, a big part of the offense was still with him in the ball. Like sometimes you get those, like Greg McElroy, and it's like, well, they just hand the ball off the whole game, you know, like, but, you know, Bennett still made like great plays and, yeah, still helped win the game, but it wasn't like a... Very useful running the ball. <laughs> but, yeah. Which is so wild because he's like a small, slight, person apparently i mean i mean he's uh, but yeah i mean chad pennington won a surprising amount of football games in the nfl like that was a thing that (laughs) that occurred like and and it sounds like such a joke but like that's that's the that's the way it is like you know your job and 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 you do it and that's laudable and and also as far as doing your job goes um ken dorsey was a two-time heisman trophy finalist he did not win it thankfully um jason white did and i won't talk about my personal misgivings or hurt or 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 shame about that but i will um, that was horseshit (laughs) yeah it was horseshit uh (laughs) see now we're just getting mad about stuff I mean, at least Eric Crouch was like an athletic marvel in a lot of ways, and it was worth talking about. Um, Eric Crouch uh, had exactly as much lasting football success as Jason White did. I mean, but but Eric Crouch was was uh, uh, the Taysom Hill of his day, if you will. Oh, God damn it! I think Tim Tim Tebow was the Taysom Hill. Of his no, day. but no. Here's the thing: is like Tim Tebow. Like he threw the football, but he could not throw the football. And I think that Eric Crouch and Taysom Hill can throw the football, like in a way that doesn't take ten minutes. Um, shout out to Byron Leftwich, who I really hope becomes a NFL head coach here soon because he seems to be very good at his job. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I, I think that the that honestly coming up to Setson Bennett, that is maybe the only thing that bothers me about the game is that like there was so much time given for his hero's journey. And I don't know. I, I, I feel like we don't do that every year with quarterbacks, but every quarterback who, who wins a national title, like has gone through a, a I mean, Joe Burrow. I, I mean, he is someone who, who trans, he, I mean, he was a transfer quarterback a couple of years ago. And in the same breath that someone like Kirk Herb street is spending all this time being like, Oh, well, normally he was talking about Alabama's uh, running back whose name escapes me at this point. But, oh, well, normally this this guy in this day and age would have entered the transfer protocol, but he stayed here and he was loyal and everything else. And it's like, how do we square these two? Because are are we going to besmirch Joe Burrow, who like made seemingly a good decision and is now in the playoffs and like grew as a quarterback and sets a Bennett who was able to win this title. And, uh, you know, it's just like, I I don't like this anti-player uh, dialogue that develops. Uh, of course not. But also, to be fair, Joe Burrow transferred before you know the the age of the quote unquote transfer portal era is very very recent. It is more mm-hmm. recent than you realize. Like we're talking about the last 
two years. Um, you know, this is in a lot of ways, this is actually something that kind of took off with the pandemic. You know, he he and he did the sort of typical route where you grad, you know, kind of go as a grad transfer and you may be, oh no, he didn't. He's but he sat out a year. Um but like uh, you know yeah the I, i'm i'm done with kirk herb street i just don't i just don't need any more of him i, I don't i don't need any I more mean, he I, doesn't, I, I i love uh, he is he has outlived He's... he has outlived his usefulness on like as a as a commentator filled in for uh musburger after he, i i miss him just talking about how uh, hot all the all the women <laughs> in the crowd were. God, i mean that I, was I, so that was so weird like <laughs> Uh, you know, millions of people would turn on their TV sets to hear Brent Musburger be horny on Maine about AJ McCarron's girlfriend. Um, I mean, I am reminded in this game that the the last positive combination of Chris Fowler and Katy Perry was in the Grove in Oxford, Mississippi, because this combination, Max, <laughs> you are a consultant for, for how these, these musical renditions go, but the Katy Perry, uh, exclusive video premiere at halftime, I found curious, potentially lacking. Did you consume it? No, not really. I think I consumed it on mute and I made a comment about, um, the visuals of it but uh, it seemed enjoyable i don't know i mean enjoyable and i mean in what way i don't know i mean obviously like it wasn't in a, musically in enjoyable. a musburger way or like i'm not really even sure what song was being played i can only imagine it was not teenage dream <laughs> no i think it was some some sort of new song but yeah i, I definitely got a, a few a few texts of about it of the Musburger variety. I muted it. I muted the TV at halftime. Um, who's so the Who's the Super Bowl halftime show this year? Do Do we know? Oh uh, yes. Isn't this Is this Shoot. not G Funk? Thanks. Uh, G Funk Super Bowl. Is this the what? one with? Uh, maybe this is a future um, game. It's a It's somewhat rapper. Is it Doctor Dre? Doctor Dre. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I I think this is what. It, we're thinking of the same thing yeah um yeah dr think, dre snoop dogg eminem mary j blige and kendrick lamar yeah i mean that's that that's good um in this culture world nation um that might go poorly with some people but they're you know each and, their own. and for those people we have eminem oh and well better yet we have the puppy bowl they can just switch over the half, yeah they can just switch over it's good I do think that the announcers being over the top about the quarterback mostly always happens. Like I have a distinct memory of Cam Newton and just talking about how the whole time, like, oh, he came from junior college. Like, what an incredible, incredible story. Like, I, I remember, like every, every game I come away with them talking about the quarterback, and like we talked about before, it's usually because the quarterback is the focal point of the team. In this case, that wasn't, or in this game, that wasn't the case, but. Mm -hmm. They still kind of did nothing but talk about Stetson Bennett the whole time. And, yeah. yeah, and and maybe that's maybe that's what I'm hoping for out of this game. It's like you know they're going to make the Stetson Bennett story, but going forward, 
if if this is the optimization if this is the edge if if it's like hey it, you know sounds so silly but defense can win championships like maybe they start to embrace that and and i think there was some mention of different players it's like oh this this defensive players he's a really good guy like he's a good family like here's a picture of of him and his 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 pit bull puppies it's like all right well let's craft that story around this player as opposed to just the quarterback who like is usually a certain archetype and i think we can expand that and i think that that would be that would be cool and especially in an age where like I don't know, all these players are able to profit off of their name and image and likeness. Um, that that sounds like a really good pathway to to take. And and so then we're not just talking about Bryce Young. I think he had a million dollars in endorsements and stuff like that this year, which is really awesome. I'm, I'm very glad for him. But hopefully that goes to other people too so that um, I did see Jordan Davis on billboards here. And, and hopefully I see other defensive players on billboards here next year. Jordan Davis should have won the Heisman. I mean, it, yeah, was he I, doing that all year? Because again, this is the first you know game I've watched all year, except for I tried watching Georgia Michigan, but then turned it off after quarter. Draft him as left tackle. Do not be a coward. The Giants fired Joe Judge. Just do it. Just just do it. No one will be upset. Two way player. I, I, contrarian take. I, what was what was what was the Giants record? Were they like um, five and twelve? Uh, no, no, not even. They not even five and twelve. Were they? Okay. Were they like four? If they were like four and thirteen, what were they supposed to do with that roster? What were they supposed to do with Daniel Jones at quarterback? Every wide receiver on their roster hurt for much of the season. Again, the true outrage is not that it took Joe Judge this long to lose his job. It is that Joe Judge lost his job. And the Chargers coach didn't lose his. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. But it, you know what? Let's let's end on a positive note. Which, I, you know, podcasting is is a visual medium. But what I'm holding up in front of my Skype screen uh, is an Instagram picture of uh, young Mister Bennett in a sport coat over a T-shirt and a national champions hat. Swigging a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. I have a Who lot gave of it to him? Uh, I don't know. I've never How can I get that. some? I mean, <laughs> Georgia donors are really horny for a national championship. So, uh, and you it know. took him 40 years to get it. I, I but this uh, truly, I think this this picture is the part of Stetson Bennett's last 36 hours that I am by far the most jealous of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they weren't sharing that bottle with uh, Jordan Davis and, you know, well, we don't necessarily know that. I think that the person who had it probably wasn't. And, and I have some ideas why that aren't for here. Oh, well we can dream. Um, Okay. Let's uh, let's let's wrap there and, and move on to Pierce. Sorry, what are you apologizing for today besides accusing Georgia football boosters of racism? I don't think that that's a new accusation. Um, anyways, I am holding up again for for the viewers at home. Uh, this is Seven Wonder Cities, which is a 
a lovely uh, board game. Um, so we we talked a little bit before the podcast about playing board games at breweries, which I think is a wonderful pastime that um, you know I, I highly recommend people doing. Um, the thing about Seven Wonder Cities is is Kevin, can you actually tell me about this game a little bit? Yeah, so that would be. Um... There's this game Seven Wonders, which is a game that can support up to seven people. But mm-hmm. if you want to add an eighth person to the game or expand the some game some way, you would maybe buy an expansion pack to the game, which would require the regular game to play yes, as well. This is really important. It would require the regular game as well. Well, I seeing that this says two on it and having two people at the brewery, I brought Seven Wonder Cities, which is, you know, uh, not very large to bring. Well, as we all know, we are pro-reading on this podcast, and I've already apologized because in the moment it was very terrible um, to the person who was harmed by this, but Seven Wonder Cities is an expansion game, which means you have to have the regular game. And if I had actually read the directions prior to going to the brewery, I would know that we cannot play this game with just this this box. So um, I am sorry for not reading, and I highly recommend that you play board games at breweries, but you should read the directions and the requirements for the game you're bringing before showing up. <laughs> Good news is Polish Poker was played, which is a lovely game, but um, it was not the intention when we showed up. So, uh, you know, re- read the directions. Yeah, I think you're, you're looking for advice. Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah, yeah. Do you at least have the core game, or did you just buy? No, I, no, I have, I have, uh, I have the core game. I have the All core right. game. All right. So, good, good. All right. Uh, well, we'll do a big idea from pop culture now, and uh, I, in in the nascent new year, I have made a uh, a commitment to myself to spend more time this year listening to music and uh have have some things that i have been quite enjoying uh one of which is uh the album weight of the world by the houston rapper maxo cream uh, it is a fun listen uh but it it's got some sort of emotional roller coaster moments uh, he also did an excellent uh, interview on the Bullseye podcast, talking to Jesse Thorne about his career, about losing his brother, uh, and he just like I, I one of one of the particular planks of my listen to more music goal is to spend much more time than I have in previous years engaging with hip hop. Uh, because it is something that I I always like when I do it, and I just haven't made enough of a priority. So, uh, the the album "Way to the World" by Max Cream has been a a good good start to that for me in 2022. Um, and then we will close, of course, with Rolling Stone Rock Trivia. And I'm I'm actually going to cheat a little bit and use tomorrow's question. Um, well, yeah, feel free to always just take the best one of the yeah. five day that's, window or whatever. That's that's kind of where I where I'm at. Um, so, in the song "I Shall Be Free," Bob Dylan gets a call from JFK 
who asks, my friend Bob, what do we need to make this country grow? What is Bob's reply? Is it A, liberty and justice so that all shall know? B, open roads where the children can go? C, more seeds of freedom to sow? Or D, my friend John, Brigitte Bardot? Brigitte Bardot, a, a French actress and model, I believe. Uh, sure, I'll go. Uh, I'll go B. I'll go C. I was gonna say C as well. All right. Well, here's the thing. Bob Dylan was a big old horn dog. It's D. <laughs> Brigitte Bardot. Was, yeah, I initially wanted to say it, but it felt too too different from the other answers it was a trap yeah. but no. <laughs> <laughs> so Would you uh, say he's a um the announcer that is a Brent Musburger yeah he's a Musburger yeah he is Bob you Dylan you are Br- looking I can only make a callback if I remember what you the know what was. <laughs> you know what I've never seen Brent Musburger and Bob Dylan in the same room and neither have you yeah, because Brent Musburger was there for the Nobel Prize in Literature, but I don't think I don't think Bob Dylan showed up. <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com or subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, please tell a friend about the show. We would love to share it with them as well. We'll be back to uh, talk about something next week. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.